You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Hey, it's great to have you here, and I just want to echo what Amy said. Uh, thank you for your grace, your patience um, through this uh, difficult season. It's been a really tough season for everybody involved, and the grace that has been shown, extended, um, it has been phenomenal just to watch what God has done through all of this as well. And uh, please continue to extend that grace um, as we just continue to build and connect and reconnect. Uh, But how good is it to be back? I am thankful for our online team that do a phenomenal job, but there is nothing like being in the room and worshipping together. Um, So thank you, thank you uh, for your patience. And uh, we are excited about seeing these restrictions lift and us uh, getting on uh, with our mandate as a, as a church, which is to, to build the church. That is our mandate. That is what we are all about. Well, this morning we continue our journey to the cross. Uh, we are one week from Easter, and it is Palm Sunday today. And uh, on Palm Sunday, Jesus came into the city, and he was welcomed with shouts of praise and hallelujahs, and this is, this is amazing. Here is our king, but it wasn't that long after that that the king was being ridiculed and mocked and beaten and tortured and crucified on a cross. And I want to talk today about this uh, journey to the cross and specifically focus on the topic of suffering. Suffering. The purpose of the series is to engage in, in not just the horror, but the wonder of the cross. Not just the wonder, but the horror. You know, when we see what Jesus did and what he experienced and what he went through in order to pay for our sin. It is magnificent, it was tragic, and it was so powerful for each one of us. As John Stott writes, the cross enforces three truths, the gravity of human sin, the wonder of God's love, and the completeness of God's redemptive work. You know, today we are focused on the suffering of Jesus as we head. It's one of the Gospels. Gospels are those that uh, the eyewitnesses of Christ, those that walked the journey, saw what happened, experienced it with Jesus. And this is Matthew's telling of the crucifixion. Verse 26, it says, Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him, took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Would you pray with me this morning as we consider suffering and what that means for us as followers of Christ? Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity to gather, to meet together, to praise. And all this topic is a heavy one. This topic is, is not our favorite topic. And yet, Lord, it's a part of who we are as, as followers of Christ. We thank you, Jesus. You modeled and you showed us what it meant to endure through suffering. And God, I pray you'd speak to us about the suffering that that we have, or maybe we will one day continue to be all that you've called us to be. Lord, that the suffering wouldn't break us, it would indeed make us into the followers of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Quick survey, how many people love a good bit of suffering? 
bit of human deprivation, torture, pain, no takers for suffering, <laughs> none, not, not a single person signing up for, I mean, look, I'll do an all night worship time, give me prayer, give me fasting, I don't even mind all of that. Yeah, I'll serve on the dream team, we'll do car parking, I'll even do youth and kids, though some might think that might be suffering, I don't know, but <laughs> I'll serve in loaves and fishes ministry, I'll do whatever it takes, but you give me suffering? It's like what crazy person would actually sign up for suffering and go, give it to me, I'll have it, thank you. I appreciate suffering, why? And yet, when we look at the Christian journey as we read right throughout Scripture, not just t- taking out the nice bits where God It's going to bless me, but the parts right through Scripture, we see that suffering is a part of the journey of a disciple of Christ. James 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the one, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Earlier on in James it says, Count it pure joy. Count it a sheer gift when you face trials of many kinds. Like we rejoice, we get excited when a gift, Jesus said it as strongly as this. In Luke 14, 27, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now, we don't see so many crucifixions nowadays, right? We don't tend to have to carry a physical cross. If we don't carry our cross as a part of our discipleship journey, then we aren't fully fulfilling the walk of a disciple of Christ. Now, this may mess with some of our theology, We would prefer that when we come to Christ, everything's rainbows and unicorns, right? And everything just works well and it's perfect and there's no problems. But that is not the reality of what we face when we become a Christian. It also challenges the thought that God will protect us over every form of suffering. Now, the Bible's very clear that he is our protector. We we quote Psalms and we believe them and we speak it over our lives that the Lord will protect us. But there are some times when suffering is a part of our journey as a Christian. What do we do when that's the case? Do another survey. Anyone suffered a little in their life? Just a little? (laughs) I think we could probably all put our hand up. And and maybe you look at your suffering and you go worrying to somebody else's suffering is never helpful because it will either cause great pain in our own life or cause pride that we didn't suffer as much as them. But in reality, every single one of us have faced and experienced suffering of some sort. And what is the need for suffering? Well, can I be as bold as to say that our faith will never truly be proven fully until we have endured and walked through suffering? Let me frame today's message with a statement from Paul who he experienced suffering like no one else in the New Testament. The beatings, the whip. The whipping, the, 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 the shipwreck, the bitten by a poisonous snake. I mean, this guy endured a whole lot of imprisonment. And he says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. We also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. What if our suffering is required to build our faith and our character in order to bring hope for others. I know personally, I had a lack of empathy for people through one of them myself. In fact, I would even say things like, oh, you just need to pray more. You just need to have more faith. You just need to be a better Christian and that stuff won't happen to you, right? 
Then I went through some suffering of my own and went, wow, this isn't what I thought I signed up for, but actually it's a part of what we signed up for. See, if Jesus endured the cross, then in our own lives we should embrace it too. If we would walk in his footsteps, then we would embrace the suffering as well. Not getting many amens from that one. Amen means I agree. Anyone agree with me this morning that we that suffering is actually part of the making of us? <laughs> Twisted your arm, right? <laughs> Let's make an assumption today then, if that's okay, that suffering is a part of God's plan for our life somewhere on our journey. That he's not an angry God wanting to punish us. It's not who he is. It's not his nature. But we live in a sinful world where there is pain and death and there is all, all manner of things that cause grief to humanity. But he has a greater purpose with the suffering. There is something that comes out of character and hope. So this morning as we journey to the cross, let's look at our example. Jesus, the one who has gone before us, who experienced the greatest suffering imaginable and died for the sake of those he came to save. You and I. And as we consider that suffering as a part of our lives, we see that Jesus suffered. He endured the humiliation, the torture, the mocking. And what makes the suffering so much greater than anything we experience is he deserves our foolish choices. We suffer because of the decisions we make. But Jesus, he deserved none of it. And yet he went through it. John Stott, he writes, crucifixion is probably the cruelest method of execution ever practiced. So these guys came up with a plan to torture, to make somebody feel every amount of pain they could. It says, for it deliberately delayed death until maximum torture had been inflicted. The victim could suffer for days before dying. When the Romans adopted it, they reserved it for criminals convicted of murder, rebellion, or armed robbery, provided that they were also slaves, foreigners, get this, or other non-persons, that you would be categorized as a non-person. What's interesting is that Roman citizens were never crucified except in the case of extreme treason. Crucifixion was only ever reserved as a death of someone who had no rights. It was a slave's death. And this is how Jesus' life was therefore considered when he hung on the cross. He was considered as one who had no rights. A slave's death. And here's my main thought for us to take away today. That Jesus, a king, suffered and died a slave's death for our freedom. Jesus, a king, suffered and died a slave's death for our freedom. You know, Jesus is described in Revelation, Revelation 19.6. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. That is the truth, friends. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the king above all kings. You line up all the kings on the planet, and he is the king over all of those kings. Every Lord that, that takes a position or a title around the world, he is the Lord over every one of those Lords. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And yet here he is sentenced to death, to die the death of a slave, and his divinity is mocked. We've been quoting Stanley Grintz over the last few weeks, and one of his key statements, which has framed the, the, 
I guess, our message series. And he talks about four consequences of our sin. We talked about alienation, that, that Jesus, we wouldn't be lonely. He bore the condemnation, condemnation so that, that we would be set free. Enslavement and depravity. And today we're talking about enslavement. We see that Jesus bore our enslavement and in his death, he's being treated as if he was a slave. And the Bible talks about how before we were in Christ that, that sin has this power over us. Jesus replied in John eight thirty four, very t- truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Stanley Grintz goes on and says the biblical term enslavement harkens back to the first century practice of slavery. Just as conquering armies and slaves subjected peoples, so also we find ourselves slave to a hostile foreign force called sin. Anyone familiar with this foreign hostile force? No longer able to exercise choice, we discover that we must obey sin for it exercises power over us. See, our enslavement is felt as bondage and oppression. The feeling of, I, I know what I want to do, but I, but I don't do it. Anyone felt that as you've wrestled with sin in your lifetime? An addiction that keeps coming back, a habit that you just can't shake. And you find yourself going, I want to stop, but I can't. I want to stop sinning, but I'm a slave to the sin. And for that purpose, Jesus came to free us from that, that he would, he would basically become the new master, mastering, sin was our master, but Jesus says, no, I will now, I will now be the one that you will follow. Jesus, a king, suffered and died a slave's death for our freedom. And it was this affliction, this joy, this torture that Jesus chose to endure as joy. As Amy said earlier, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, and that joy is you, that joy is me. He went in the garden, and he went through that period of suffering where he went backwards and forwards three times saying, God, if it's possible, would you, would you take the suffering from me, but, but not my will, but yours be done. Have you ever had that wrestle with God? That battle saying, would you take the sickness, this illness from me, but, but not my will, but yours be done. Would we have that that heart that says, God, even in the suffering, I still trust you. I'll still follow you. I won't let go of my faith because of what's happening to me in this moment. It was prophesied 700 years before Christ was even born. Isaiah says, I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Jesus took it all. Friends, for you and for me, he took the whole lot. As we look at this text, to read the text and, and just go, Jesus was crucified. Okay, that's, that's pretty sad. But it was horrific what Jesus went through. Matthew 27, 26, he released Barabbas to them. This is Pilate, released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged. It's going to appear on screen. This is one of the flagellums that were used, like a whip that was used to beat Jesus. On the, on the ends of the whip are uh, bits of metal or pottery, anything that they could find that was sharp. And as they whip, as they pull back, the metal would just tear through the flesh. It's horrific, absolutely horrific. And these guys were masters of their trade. 
These executioners, these torturers, they, they, they had the ability to whip somebody within a, a, a millimeter of their life, exposing the organs. Being stripped naked was for the purpose of public humiliation. We understand that Jewish law allowed for 39 lashes in Roman law. The, the person doing the whipping, they would stop when they're tired. So they get a break when, when their arm gets tired, but not the person who's being tortured. It's important we see this. It's went through for you and for me. And for us, for the joy that was set before him, he endured all of that. Needless to say, the delivering, those delivering the flogging on Jesus did just enough to keep him alive in order for the torture to continue. The text goes on in great detail about how Jesus is mocked by the soldiers who dress him up as a pretend king. And then you know, mock him, oh, hail, king of the Jews. They place a crown of thorns on his head. We've got some rose bushes around our place. And yesterday, I ball got kicked into the, into the rose bushes. And so I went in and didn't even realize there were roses there. I just stuck my hand in and got like an elbow full of rose thorns. And yeah, there's nothing. I had to pull them out. Ooh, 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 sore. We're talking thorns. It's so big that on his head, it was beaten down. They, just, they beat repeatedly. On his head, his thorns would have embedded themselves in, the, in his flesh and possibly even pushed through the bone. Who knows? The pain that Jesus would have endured, the humiliation. Imagine being stripped naked and hanging on a cross. I remember we, we, did, a, we did an example um, around, Christmas, um, around Easter time. We were in the Anglican church, and the vicar thought it would be a good idea. I was a youth pastor, and so the youth pastor has to do everything. The pastor tells her. So they thought it'd be really good to create like a visual experience for people as they came in on Good Friday. So we blacked out all the windows and, and, and they put me on a cross hanging on the back wall of the, the auditorium. And so obviously they, they didn't do the nails, but they kind of put ropes around me. And so I'm, I'm standing there and I was, I was literally just like my dad bod and a loincloth effectively. It was humiliating. It was, it was so humiliating. And I hung on this cross. And what was worse is halfway through the message, I could feel myself about to pass out and I knew the cross wasn't secure. <laughs> and here's the funny, and kind of, kind of destroyed the illustration because I just had to hop down because I, I was about to fall forward. And that would have been far worse, obviously. But I mean, that, that's not suffering. Humiliating, yeah, absolutely. But man, what Jesus went through for us. And he endured, why? <laughs> For us. And it's good, we, we, we need to understand that Jesus went through this. And that if he went through it, we, we also can go through suffering. Because maybe there is a purpose for suffering as well. And I, I believe there's five things that suffering does for us in our life. These are five things that suffering can do in our life. And they all start with R, so they're really easy to remember. One, repentance. 
Suffering brings about repentance. Suffering is a call for us and others to turn from treasuring anything on earth above God. I had a, had a young guy uh, when we were in, in Auckland, we, and I met, and every, every Tuesday morning we'd study the Bible together, a group of 12, 13, 14-year-old teenagers. And we, we studied through the book of James, and one of them, in reading that, counted pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Um, he, he went away and prayed for a trial, the only human I've ever met that actually went away and prayed for a trial. Within a month, he was diagnosed with alopecia, which for a 14-year-old boy, that's, that's, that's pretty tough. Hair starts falling out, patches, and basically went bald at 13, 14. But worse than that, like about five months later, he went through a horrific tragedy. Some of you may remember the Mangatapopo tragedy where, where, where six students lost their lives in a canyoning accident and a teacher. He was in the water, and he was one of two that were pulled out of that. So he had to go through all of the, the, the why did I survive? Why was my life spared when theirs wasn't? The pain, the, everything that he experienced with that. This is the guy who prayed for the gift of a trial. You know, today he is a lawyer. Today he is, And you know what? Through the death of those six and that teacher, dozens of people repented and gave their lives to Christ. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I can't make sense of it. And it didn't seem fair in the moment, and it still doesn't seem fair today. And yet, repentance came out of that suffering. You know, Jesus was talking about a tragedy. You know, obviously there's some discussions around if tragedy happens to, because we sin. If we sin, tragedy happens, right? We do something bad, God punishes us. And he said this, or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Sometimes tragedy, sometimes suffering actually brings about salvation. If suffering means temporary pain or even my death, but ultimately leads to the eternal salvation of somebody else, then we can endure suffering. The second thing we see is reliance. Suffering is a call to trust God and not the life-sustaining props of this world. Paul, as he was traveling through Asia, he, he, he said this. He talked about the suffering that he was experiencing. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 to 9. We were crushed or we would never live through it. Anyone ever got to that point in their walk with God? I didn't think I'd make it through today. In fact, we expected to die, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learn to rely only on God who raises the dead. Right there, that suffering causes us to shift our focus from relying on the things of the world to now relying on God, then that's the suffering that we must endure. Third thing we see as the team come this morning. Suffering can also be found through righteousness. This is what it brings. It brings righteousness. Suffering is part of the discipline of our loving Heavenly Father so that we would share in His righteousness and also His holiness. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 and verses 10 and 11, it says, The Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. He disciplines us for our good that we may share His holiness. As a dad, I don't like disciplining my children, but it's a necessary part of the process so that they can grow and develop in character. They would become righteous and holy in God's eyes and in and through Christ. In the moment, all discipline seems painful. No one likes the discipline. 
And the worst form of discipline is not when somebody else tells you off, but when you feel that rebuke of God, when God speaks to our heart. We have that conviction of sin in our life and how will we respond? Not because I'm a better person, not because I make even better decisions, but because Christ has produced righteousness. He who was without sin, what he became sin so that we would enjoy, we would experience the righteousness of God. The deepest pain I experienced through the subtle weeks ago, deep betrayal that, that rocked me to the point where I realized I didn't have the capability to forgive that person. I was stuck. I was stuck in offense. I was stuck in anger and hatred towards this person. And I had no ability within myself to forgive them. And yet, as I surrendered it all to God, his forgiveness washed over me and I was able to extend forgiveness to them. The fourth thing we see is reward. There is a reward beyond suffering. When suffering is outworked in us, there is a great reward in heaven that makes up for the loss here on earth. 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. What's hard is we want the temporary reward right now. I want the reward now to satisfy my, my flesh. But God says there is a far greater reward in eternity with Him forever. And if my suffering would result in mine or somebody else's eternal reward, then I will endure. And then lastly, we see a reminder. Suffering reminds us that God sent His Son into the world to suffer so that our suffering would not see God's condemnation on us. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because He was condemned to die in our place that I may know him. It's Paul. My desire is that I would know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings. It's a tough message to to hear and receive today. But I hope you're hearing that suffering produces joy, produces hope, produces an eternal reward beyond anything here and today. When we're tempted to shake a fist at God, and you know what? Shake a fist at God anytime you like, honestly. You don't have to hide those feelings. If you're upset, you're frustrated, you just tell Him. Sometimes I think we just need to have a really good scream and yell and just just let it out. It'd probably do us the world of good, to be honest. Because on the other side of that, it's like, He says, and and then what? This gentle, (laughs) I'm still here. Haven't left you. Haven't forsaken you. You haven't fallen so far that I won't find you again. Who endured the cross and went through the suffering so that he would extend fellowship to us. This is the mighty God I serve. This is the mighty God you may serve. Suffering makes us, I'm convinced of it, 100%. He went through a horrific year last year with an inner ear infection, maybe two years ago. He was unable, basically the worst thing that could possibly, um, he, he could experience is lights and moving objects. 
So, so he basically, his, his balance was gone. He couldn't stand on stage without feeling like he was going to throw up or fall over. With that came a debilitating anxiety and fear. There were moments where he was preaching and, and his world just fell apart within him. Just, he was, he was wrecked. That suffering, God allowed him to go through. It, we, we all pray, we fast and we pray, and it didn't happen as quickly as we would have liked. We would have liked it instantly for next Sunday so we could preach again. But no, he, he ended up having to sit on a barstool and he still preaches off a barstool so he doesn't fall over when he's preaching. But through that suffering, his leadership, his strength, his character, his perseverance and the hope that has been brought to hundreds and thousands of people. He's a different person because of his suffering. I know Amy and I, I remember Amy once preached a message on suffering. How her husband wouldn't let her buy a second pair of shoes. I mean, we're 22, 23. We, we hadn't experienced suffering. And then we went through the suffering of not being, able to have, not being able to have kids. Through that painful part of infertility. Looking after kids down in Auckland. And I'd come home and Amy would be curled up on the bed, bawling her eyes out. With the pain of holding everybody else's kids except her own. And yet next Sunday she got up. She got up the next week. And she embraced that suffering. And we got to the point where we're like, man, if, 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 if we're not going to have kids, we better let God get some glory out of all of this. And, we, and rather than hiding from it, we, we ended up just talking about it. We ended up preaching about it. We ended up sharing our story, not even knowing whether we would have kids. And, and, and through that suffering, through that trial, through that challenge, we found ourselves growing in our relationship with God. Our character, strength, leadership. The suffering, what does it produce? It produces perseverance. We need the spiritual muscle that will allow us to do the work God's called us to do. That perseverance that builds character, godly character, that in the end brings hope. Friends, it's a tough message today, but I can tell you there is hope on the other side of serve and influence our community. And if suffering would bring about some extra hope in my life, in your life, would we then say, God, I welcome that suffering as a part of my journey. Now, I know I'm not going to get a whole lot of agreement, but I think there, I feel it, I sense it here this morning, that there is a resounding, okay, okay, yes, God, I'll endure, I'll persevere for the character that will be built in me. I've watched in this place as people currently are battling long-term illnesses, like life-altering accidents and, and challenges that are beyond what most of us would be able to endure and yet are still walking with faith, still walking with strength, still walking with courage, still bringing hope to others with this story of God's goodness and faithfulness amidst the trials. Hope is being produced. Romans 5, 3 to 4. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. It means that somebody else might come to know you. Then Jesus, I'll, I'll suffer. Whatever that looks like. Your friends, if you're here today and you haven't yet surrendered your life to Christ, 
if you haven't acknowledged the work of the cross and what Jesus did for you, that the sins that separate you from God caused, it was for that Jesus went to the cross. I want to tell you that all of it, what we do, why we gather on a Sunday, this is for you. This is for you because all of us were lost. All of us were slaves to sin and yet there was a moment where we bowed a knee and we surrendered to God. And as King of kings, Lord of lords, the one who died on the cross, a slave's death so that we could have freedom. So many of us today have responded and said, Jesus, forgive me. And I don't know where you're at. I don't know whether you've ever surrendered your life to Christ. I don't know whether you've walked the journey where maybe it's been a religious journey, but actually you've never fully had that relationship with God. I want to pray a prayer right now and surrender. You don't have to have all the answers. I can tell you, I still don't. But I do have one answer is that Jesus said he would never leave me or forsake me. And he is still with me. He's still walking with me through every trial that I face today. And if you would surrender your life to Him today, now no longer be a slave to sin, but I will be a slave to Christ who loves us and has a plan and a purpose for our lives. If that's you today, I want to pray a prayer. Love you to join me. Pray after me. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sin. I deserve the payment of death. And yet you paid it for me. Thank you that you suffered and died so that I could have eternal life. Please forgive me. It was my sin that put you on the cross and yet you did it willingly for me. I receive your forgiveness today. I receive your grace in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time or maybe today, You're saying, my life hasn't been right with God, but I'm surrendering my life again. We want to ask you to take your next step. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. I'd love you just to raise your hand right up in the air. I'm going to acknowledge your hand and then you can put it back down again. One of our team, with you, the decision you've made today. So right across this place, if you prayed that prayer, one, God loves you. Two, He suffered and died for your sin. Three, That's awesome. Up the back, so good, amazing. Anyone else today saying yes to Jesus? You prayed that prayer, surrender to Him. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.